delicious. If I played Blink-182 for aliens, they would get offended and start an interdimensional war. Let me tell you, I need another beer. What are you watching? Children's programming. Dick Cheney. Okay, cool. All right, so we'll do our little uh, intro and then we'll get right into it. Yes, sir. Welcome to Children's Programming, the only podcast in the world. The only one. Um, you're hanging out with uh, our boy, Matthew J. Bartholomew Thomas J. Dixon. Hi, kids. It's good to be back. <laughs> and uh, I am your co-host, the evil mastermind, Nick Paradis, fresh off a, a red-eye flight from Georgia. We love it. We like the dedication <laughs> that you came to us here late at night. Um, and today we're joined by a very special guest, uh, uh, world-famous YouTube star, Mr. Uh, Mr. Beat, <laughs> a.k.a. Matt Beat, known for his uh, political... You know, content on educational political educational content. It's like a social studies class on YouTube, I would say. That was (laughs) that was the first question we wanted to get to. Like, did you use this originally as a method for teaching your students? Was that the original point? Absolutely, yeah. I started the whole thing just to engage my students. At the time, it was middle schoolers uh, more into the content because I had. I had stuff that I had to teach, you know, part of the curriculum. Like my first video ever I made was about the compromise of 1850. And I was like, how do I make this exciting to eighth graders? And uh, I uploaded it uh, only for them. Like it was a private link. And that was way back in like the fall of 2009. (laughs) And uh, so it was several years later that I started to realize that I could do this for students outside my classroom. and because that was when I was realizing that other teachers were showing my stuff. And then even later on, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make videos about what I want, you know, stuff that I'm just genuinely curious about. And as it so happens, those videos did better anyway. So (laughs) it worked out. I think people can kind of smell that when you're, you you do something that you're passionate about and, and people, I think people really can sense that something in the air and respond to it. And I'm not, re- I'm not surprised at all that those are the ones that did the best for you. Cause that's, that's been kind of yeah. our experience too, right? Like when we have, like when we have topics on this show that mm-hmm. we genuinely love, like we talk films a lot and it, people really, those, those are the ones that I think people really respond to. Yeah. You know, those are the ones we get the most traction on. And I really love, like, like when I was in high school and middle school, like, teachers would do that, but it was more like uh, they would kind of just record over, like, a little PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. But your videos, like, really go in depth on things, and it's, like, almost like I-, I can see where your students might be really interested to learn because of that. Yeah, and it's not it's not hokey, you know what I mean? No. Like, there's, there's, there's that... It's not. It's kind of. <laughs> you have like this dry, like Bill Murray almost esque sense of humor to to your videos, and it's right. very like it's oh, it's wow, what a compliment! It's very that like is. entertaining. I love. It's Bill kind Murray. of like I feel like it's kind of like a lot of teachers are just so out of touch. I think yeah. at least that was my experience, uh. and it seems like like you kind of have your finger on the pulse of what's going to get what kids are going to respond to. You know what I mean? And it's. It's hokey, yeah. but it's it's in that it is hokey, but it's in a good way. You know what I mean? Like it's in <laughs> it's in that like fun, like you know, like PBS Kids kind of way. I guess you would say. There you go. The thing is, I I do get bored with uh, people my own age, and so <laughs> I I think that's why I've always. What's well, one reason why I enjoy teaching is because I I you know younger younger folks excite me more. You know, as far as like they. It's mostly because they're not so cynical and jaded yet, even though 
that's the stereotype of teenagers is that they're jaded, <laughs> but but no, they're actually quite hopeful and uh, idealistic. So that that's a big thing that kind of drives mm. me. I think it's nice too because a lot of middle school kids, you're coming from, you know, I don't know how it is in your district, but with my school, like when they merge the the different elementary schools together, there's a lot of conflict and there's obviously a lot of, you know, puberty stuff going on and kids right. are stressed. It was definitely like that. Yeah. My, <laughs> yeah, I you're in Kansas, right? Yeah. Is it like a like a bigger school district, like a city type of school district, or more like a rural area out there? I've worked in all types, but um, the latest is uh, it's a very small district. It's a, it's more rural. Like it's technically part of the Kansas City metropolitan area, but it's way on the edge. Gotcha. So it's definitely a lot of kids that you know. Uh, they they've driven tractors before, <laughs> and they actually did it just as part of their gotcha. job. <laughs> Because, like, I, my high school had, like, almost, probably almost 4,000 kids in it. So, like, I can't, I, wow. I can't wrap my head around, like, stuff like that. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. I, there's, there's, like, 3,000, 3, there was, like, six 700 kids in my graduating class. Yeah, I had, like, about half of that. So, you, yeah. you were a huge school district. We're, like, an hour outside of New York City. So, mm-hmm. there's, it's very okay. suburban up here. Definitely. We've. Are you on the Long Island or are you we're north? north? Much north. Where I like, uh, you know, where Newburgh is. Vaguely, yeah, it's yeah. like uh, we're about halfway between New York and Albany. Mm-hmm. I would say, right? That's I think that's a. Oh fair yeah, so you're in. Uh, you're not that far from Kinderhook. No, then. Martin Martin Van Buren's uh, home there we turf. Go. Sorry for that <laughs> rare rare history I've, reference. There. I've driven <laughs> through it once, and I remember. Um, I remember seeing the sign, and I was like, "Holy shit! The, the president was born here." Yeah, you, know, you don't expect it because it's in your own backyard. FDR too. Hi, oh, then you got Hyde yeah, Park, Franklin Roosevelt. It's like other, an hour yeah, outside of here. Get that far we went on a school trip there yeah. once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I'm envious of being in Kansas is like we don't have. I mean, we have historical, um, you know, uh, locations where historical sites, but just not that much. You know, there's just so much more history back east, and I kind of get jealous of that. Like. I have to really drive far if I want to go to a lot of historical sites to film, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you're kind of in the middle. So I guess it's, you know, it's sort of a, a decent trip to if you're going up to maybe Decent like, trip everywhere. Yeah, decent know? trip everywhere. You're right in the middle. So <laughs> you cut your gotta, time in half. I got to ask, because you're from Kansas, are you over the moon about the Jayhawk upset from last night? Oh, man, that's funny. You, you must really follow college sure football do. then, huh? <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I was on uh, Reddit and boy it, people were having fun with that like apparently texas has a lot of haters which who are, knew who yeah knew? i'm a yeah who knew yeah i know it's like a but no i i did graduate from university of kansas and so i'm a jayhawk fan obviously we usually follow college basketball a little bit more than football but it is great to see a a win like that when their their team really has <laughs> been really bad over the last several yeah. years um, so yeah. I was gonna bring that up because you're you're a, a Jayhawk guy, and um, this is not Jayhawk related, but it is. It, it I don't know where it's I'm Jayhawk going. Jayhawk and Jays. <laughs> Jayhawk and Jays. But so um, like my my the video that introduced me to you was your nine eleven video, and I remember when you filmed really? it like outside of your dorm, I believe it was. Am I correct in that? And I, that yeah, was the first yeah. one I saw of yours, and I just. I remember being really impressed with like the production value and that was what kind of got me there. And um, 
I, I hate to bring up a, a sad moment in the, the country's history, but yeah, I, I just wanted to say that that was a, a really impressive uh, video. And you know, it was. Well, thank you. I, I actually, that's the, the video I'm the most proud of. Um, I, you know, I lived through it when it, I was, um, geez, I was 19 years old. It's I think. pretty recent. And so, too, uh, that you made that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the fact that I, I live, like I moved away for a while, but my family and I moved back to Lawrence uh, where KU University of Kansas is. And so, yeah, I was like, Hey, and they really are getting ready to tear that building down. And so I was like, wow, what a weird, um, it's kind of poetic there, mm -hmm. you know? And so mm -hmm. considering like the, all the buildings coming down and I have so many great memories there, but then, yeah, a lot of those memories were nine 11. And, uh, I think that's one of the best ways to just kind of tell a story about history. Like my students in the classroom, they usually perked up a little bit when they, I told them about my personal experience with something, you know, like another example would be like, um, when Osama, Osama bin Laden was killed. Like I, I know exactly where I was when that mm -hmm. happened, when they announced it, when Obama came out and announced it, um, even the recent pandemic, I mean, that is something, it's such a historic event that we're still living through. Um, but we'll never forget what we've been going through these past couple of years. Yeah, yeah it's very important to like cover topics like that because, you know, I remember when I was in high school, my, my teacher made a point saying that like, you know, you're pretty much the last generation or the generation coming that will have not lived through 9-11 because we were kind of like on the tail end of it. So mm -hmm. probably like a two years after we graduated, it was the first year of kids that hadn't been alive. Yeah. Like so, my sister was not alive. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, it's a really important mm -hmm. thing to, to and cover. Even then, even then I barely remember it. Like I remember mm -hmm. watching Barney and then my mom changed the station yeah. and told me to leave <laughs> and do something else. Like I don't really have a, a conception of what it even was. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, to keep that alive, I think is very important. It's cool to see different generations because we're obviously like, we're maybe a generation behind uh, our friend here. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how people who were of age at that time, you know, went through it because seeing that we didn't really have any experience of it because we don't really remember too well. It's, you know, I can't imagine how much of a significant, like, you know, world moment that was and how we don't really have those kind of moments. You know, we do, we don't want to have those kind of moments, but right. they do happen, you know, three or four times over the course of anybody's lifetime. Speaking of moments, when was the moment that kind of, when it crystallized in your head that like, this is this channel is so much bigger than I ever thought it would be. Oh, wow. That was a long time ago because I, I really couldn't believe that anybody would watch this stuff other than my students that I was forcing them to watch, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, but what, when that first started to happen though, was, um, especially my presidential election series, like that was, uh, in 2016. Um, I guess part of what, what kind of drove people searching for, for that content was my, well, I was on an election year and I was like one of the only people who had made videos about every single presidential election in American history. So uh, and then people were following the series and they couldn't wait for the next episode. And it, I, it was leading up to the election day. And I was like, wow, I, this is maybe I could do this like and, and full disclosure. I recently became a full time YouTuber. I, I recently left my high school. Oh, really? So like I do this full time now, like I get up in, at six in the morning still. But instead of driving to the high school. 30 minutes away, I'm going down to my basement and making, um, educational videos. And it's, uh, I do miss my students, but at the same time, uh, that last year was, 
rough, man. Was that uh, the COVID year with the remote yeah. learning? We were teaching remote kids at the same time as teaching in person. Every day, I was, it was a constant battle, like, pull your mask up, pull your mask up. And I, uh, you know, parents started to be more aggressive, and teachers have always been treated like crap. But the fact that I was getting paid more money to make silly educational YouTube videos, I was like, this is absurd. What kind of society <laughs> do we live in? And maybe this is, like, driving me even more to teach everybody about social yeah. studies. Like, like the vaccine thing. I know we pro- you probably didn't want to talk about that, but we... Like, just really quickly, all the, the anti-vaxxers right now, it's such a... The, been there, done that. This has happened so many times throughout history. Like, I made a video about a Supreme Court case, J- um, Jacobson v. Massachusetts, and it's literally about anti-vaxxers uh, not wanting to get the smallpox vaccine um, and thinking that the government was, um, you know, trying to control the population and all this. And I'm like... Well, in that case, the Supreme Court understood it's it's a balance. You got to figure it out. And ultimately, what they said was, yeah, the state can have a mandate. The federal government can can't have a mandate, but the state can. And then it was settled for that was like 100 years ago, though, 110 years ago. But most people don't know that about that case today. It's interesting that you bring that up, because does that make some of the current federal mandates unconstitutional then? Not to get into the the one that's like. No, no. We well, the 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 Biden um, mandate where he has already been challenged, where he was, you know, he, his administration was trying to skirt around it, like saying, well, you know, they don't have to get vaccinated, but if they don't get vaccinated, they have to get tested, mm-hmm. and it, and it's only for companies that are bigger than whatever it was, a hundred employees or, and so like, it was, yeah, it's probably going to end up being struck down, but because mm-hmm. I've been thinking um, about that a lot lately, like lady lately (laughs) like my um my uh my day job employer the um as of yet unnamed australian themed restaurant chain um (laughs) but they they've they they recently made that a company policy that you if you don't get the vaccine you have to get regular tests starting like uh january 1st and there's a lot of kind of toing and froing from certain people Mm -hmm. about you know, I don't want to do this. I don't, I shouldn't have to do this X, Y, and Z. <laughs> and so it's, it's been on my mind lately. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good debate always to have, like, um, where is that line between personal freedom and collective responsibility, which, uh, people are hardliners. They just take all the way one direction. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you know, you live in a society, right? And that's to me is alarming because, uh, like, were they actually taught social studies? Because the whole purpose of social studies is like you live in a society, so we got to figure out a way to live with each other. Mm-hmm. And you're not you're not really helping things, buddy. When you <laughs> you're walking around with uh, Jewish stars, like oh, I'm such a victim because I have to wear a mask. <laughs> like, okay, if we're if we're really going in the weeds here, is there any connection you can make in your in your research in the past of any similarities to 2016 to any previous election in history as far as how like out there that result was you know what i mean uh oh 2016 or not 2020 and to kind of of piggyback on that because like i hear a lot of people in my generation and well our generation say like this is the most divided the country has ever been do you think that that's true 
The only other time was uh, the 1850s. That was the only other time we were more divided. Um, but I would say that it's based on my understanding of American history. Um, this is a very div- divisive time and it is historic. Um, and, you know, we can go into why that is. I mean, it's mostly media, how we consume media. Um, but I mean, uh, I will say that there have been certain uh, politicians that have capitalized on <laughs> on that divisiveness, you know, because like, hey, it's easier to get clicks and, and build clout on social media if you can fire people up. And when you fire people up, that just makes us even further divided. That's true. Right. <laughs> what did you make of Andrew Yang kind of going independent and saying, like, the Democratic Party has lost me? Well, I I was at first I was a little skeptical because I know that third parties have no money and no support from mainstream media outlets. Um, So I was skeptical, but I I dug more into it. And I think he it's mostly for him. I've noticed he doesn't really care that like his party is willing to work with Democrats and Republicans like uh, willing to endorse Democrats. Um, Maybe some Republicans, but mostly Democrats. so it's not like they're going to be like a separate thing. They're going to be working with the Democratic mm. Party. And I also wanted to kind of piggyback on that. And, and you know, with your in your experience and your your research and all of that stuff, do you think that we're with the way social media is going where you can build a brand online and you can kind of present yourself how you want to be presented? Kind of no no obstruction and no filter. Do you think we're moving toward a world where third party candidates and independent candidates will start to get more and more possible and frequent? Yeah, it's only if we have ranked choice voting or if we have some kind of parliamentary democracy where you're not voting um, for just all or nothing for one candidate, lesser of two evils. You're voting for a party and a share of representation in Congress which you see in Canada, you see it in many European countries and uh, Asian countries. They, most of the world has figured out, most of the democratic world has figured out that um, some kind of parliamentary way to go is more, it, it makes it so that division is not as, as, you see more coalitions, people working together that normally wouldn't work together. Mm-hmm. So we have to get rid of this, the electoral college, uh, first past the post, um, basically the, the term for that, the, what I hate is plurality voting, which I made a video about this, but plurality voting is where, um, you, you just have two candidates and whoever gets over 50% or I'm sorry. Yeah. Not, it's not majority. It's just whoever gets the most votes wins everything. Mm. And that is like, for so many people that turns them away from voting because they're just like, you know, they see the two candidates. And they're like, I don't like either one of them. And I feel like my, you know, why should I vote or. So, yeah, if you have ranked choice voting, are you guys familiar with ranked choice voting very much? It's like you pick your top choice, the second choice and the third choice, and then it gets points based on each choice. And then like the lower, the low, the one of the least first place votes gets eliminated and you take their second. Mm -hmm. Right. And then so on. Okay. New York City did it. Uh, there's a bunch of cities around the, the country that have already been doing it, like Fargo, North Dakota, of all places. So, and there's not just ranked choice voting. There's also score voting. There's also um, there's a couple others. All of it's better because you like you have more of a say. Like, because a lot of us we have opinions about a bunch of candidates, not just 
two candidates. Yeah. So. No. Do you have a, a hard out at 30? Do you, can you want to go 15 more? Is that okay? Oh, wow. Yeah, we can go 15 okay? more. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I, just don't, I don't want to keep you too long. I know, I know you, you got you got the Chiefs game coming up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to ask you, are you guys Jets or Giants fans? <laughs> I'm um, I'm not a huge one way either the uh, either way um the only sports team i have a real genuine personal connection to is the red Sox, surprisingly believe it or not but oh. um but i'm a, i'm a die in the wool red Sox fan but other than that i just kind of like to watch sports any way they come but i've been very fascinated by the jets over the last few weeks because of the quarterback controversy that has now resolved itself into not a controversy mm. with mike white having the best debut ever, and then predictably fumbling the bag against the Bills. Um, I think I'm more of a Bills fan these days because he's my quarterback in fantasy. And he's yeah, I was going to say, you're praying for a good <laughs> night tonight because you need Tyreek Hill. This guy's going for an undefeated fantasy season over here. Yeah, the It's 9-0 oh, wow. right now. Yeah, don't, don't jinx it. I'm not jinxing it. I it's mean, gonna, knock on wood right now, but he said he's going to get a tattoo if I if I finish the perfect if season. If he gets if you finish the perfect season, <laughs> I'm getting a Green Day Father of All Motherfuckers, your favorite Green Day album. <laughs> I'm getting it tattooed right here on my leg. All right. And I'll get it done live on the podcast. I'm going to keep you to that. I promise. I don't think it's going to happen though. You you better make it wow. happen. Yeah. How how does it feel like like Kansas <laughs> sports has really like blown up over the last like at least 10 years because then you had the royals win that is is that missouri or is that kansas city kansas i have a video about that as well of course it's a missouri side but we yeah we all follow okay. you, you have the same sports teams generally We're all the same mm -hmm. okay yeah did you did you have any like was that a big deal when the royals won because i'm a i'm a uh die oh, on the wool uh mets fan so obviously yeah. i cried i mean he was crushed yeah, <laughs> I was very crushed. I was gonna say, I'm sorry about your Mets, but 2015 that was 30 years since they had won a World Series, or uh, and then the year before was it kind of was a heartbreaker yeah. type of situation. But yeah, the you know Royals are a small market team, and they clearly have struggled since. And then the Chiefs, oh gosh, my whole life. I mean, uh, that was right before the pandemic started. The 2020, um, it was it was 50 years, 50 years mm -hmm. since they won a Super Bowl. And so everybody around here was going crazy, myself included, which, you know, I I had tried to not watch Chiefs as much because I don't think it's healthy. But, you know, when you're when you start watching them when you're seven years old, you kind of it just stays with you the, your whole yeah. life, whether you want it to or yeah. not. So. <laughs> Since you're like, uh, you know, into the more political stuff, what what is your thoughts on these teams having to change their name these days? Because obviously you live in a, in a part mm -hmm. of the world where uh, you have a Native American mascot. Maybe less offensive than something like the Redskins, but but the chicken could still home, <laughs> come home to roost at some point. Yes, they could come for you at some point. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't care. I mean, it's it, it's one of those things where people could be offended by anything, but if it's a majority of people that are offended, that's when you just kind of have to just like, okay, it's kind of like you know, uh, there's certain word cuss words, you know, like. Where society just says, okay, this word is like really bad. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'll avoid saying it in, when I'm on the subway, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, so, like, you know, I don't, if people are offended by Chiefs as a team name, then they should change it. Um, I think Redskins was a little easier, like you said, but maybe someday uh, 
the Irish will be offended by the Fighting Irish, Nord- Notre Dame. I was wondering about mm-hmm. that one too. I'm like, ah, uh, should we change that too? There's a, there's <laughs> a junior college in Pennsylvania, not that far from us. That uh, the team name is the Fighting Scots. I always mm. thought that was funny. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It seems like the the more like what's the word like un- underprivileged minority it is. Well, like you know. Like Indians and Redskins were the two yeah. that clearly, <laughs> clearly at some point, yeah. once the ball got rolling on stuff like that, those were the ones that mm-hmm. were going to be changed. You know, Blackhawks is kind of in that middle ground, I think. And then mm-hmm. Braves and Chiefs, I feel like, are probably safe, but you just yeah. never know. Yeah. I mean, my high school where I taught, the, um, the, they were the Chief Tens, and their mascot was, um, it was like, it's a real Indian chief. Mm-hmm. He was an American Indian chief locally that was actually uh, kind of a cool guy, and everybody respect. Like the kids are taught the history in elementary school, and like so, it re- truly is to honor, mm-hmm. um, you know, Chief Tonganoxie. That's kind of like what Florida State did. Yeah. they got the Seminole Nation to like back mm-hmm. them. That's important. As long yep. as the as long exactly. as the the organization or the the tribe ignores endorses your team, yeah. or at least if there's some sort of like recognition there, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the fun, too, is, like, seeing what they come up with after. Like, sometimes you'll get Cleveland Guardians where it's just awful. Garbage fire. And they should have picked <laughs> spiders. Yes. I'll die on that hill. Do, by the way, do we have an spiders. update about um the ongoing Cleveland Guardians legal case? That I, don't, been I don't know anything about it. I, like you said, I, I'm more of your side. I think that they're going to change the name again at some point. But who, who knows? I, I predicted on a previous episode that they'll re-change the name to Spiders within five years. Oh, um, that's I like that's that my name. Herschel Walker esque <laughs> prediction. Yeah, but um, okay, but yeah, I mean, like St. John's was the Redskins, mm-hmm. and now they're the Red Storm, yeah. and I think Red Storm is just it's it's cool. Nobody else has that name, yeah. you know. It's like it's like Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's gonna think of mm. that besides you. It's a it's a touchy subject, but you know, it's it's just interesting to hear like you know other people's perspectives on it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Um. Do so, you have any? I'm sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. Do you have any videos or series of videos that you want to make that you haven't yet? Yeah. I, well, this is a good segue um, because I have really wanted to make a series on um, Native American nations. Um, like, I, I, there's a college nearby where I live where there, it's a great resource where that I can probably dig into some archives and talk to experts and but just like i feel there's a there shout out to a youtube channel called native american history i think it's that's the name of it where there's short animated videos like they have a really good one on the comanche and but i you know like i feel like this is a they were here for thousands and thousands of years and you know like so much history and yeah not much is written down that's that's the because we we basically historians call all history before history uh, before written record prehistory for that reason like like oh that's archaeologists that they need to they need to figure that stuff out but I do think it, that their story is important and it's not heard enough so dude I would it's ambitious I don't know if I can pull it off maybe I can if you guys know anyone who could help me on that dude I would watch the <laughs> shit out of that yeah I wish I knew somebody really? but I would I would watch the shit out of that in uh, Native American history that'd be awesome I've always thought of Native Americans as like the really most underappreciated minority in the country because they really just don't get enough like 
attention. Well, the only time you really and you look at so few of them left. Yeah, you know? it's like that. Cr- and the reservations today, the poverty on the reservations, just it's the alcoholism and all yeah. the the poverty. Yeah. There's, there's a no few. Jobs. There's a few in upstate that you will. I'll. I've driven through on the way to like mm-hmm. Buffalo or Syracuse, and you know you stop to get gas because you can get gas without tax, and you just see like you know, five miles off the interstate, like mm-hmm. the worst poverty you've ever seen in your yeah. life. It's like, it's what country am I in? There's know? a great, um, there's a great documentary if you can ever track it down. It's called, uh, Broken Rainbow. They showed it to us in college. I think it won best documentary in like 1985. Um, and it really shows like it's, it's about the displacement of a certain tribe of native Americans. Mm. And it just shows how like the mm. government's really like, just, they don't care at all about like, moving people from one place that they've always known to the next. Yeah. Because as far as they're concerned, it's like, oh, this is oil land. This is, you know, land we can use for real estate. It's just, it's very sad to see. Mm-hmm. And that's a movie that's 30 years old and we're still seeing, yeah, you know, like the, the Standing Rock, you know, protest a couple yeah. years back. This is the kind of Didn't stuff that's still going on. Wounded Knee, I think something like yeah. that happened too. Like mm-hmm. there was, there was a pipeline or something that went through. It's, it's a shame. Yeah, yep. it's, it's disappointing. But um, you know, I've had I've had a couple of teachers when I was in college. They were really into the the Native American you know rights thing. Yeah. Uh, one of my old professors, she's I think she's passed by this point. But um, I remember she had she used to show us a lot of Native American stuff because her her uh, husband who had passed away was a Native American from a tribe. So hmm. she was always very passionate about that. But cool. you know, it's 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 sad. It's I, I wish there was more you know, videos like that out there that could, you know, explain th- this kind of stuff to people. Because the Native American stuff in, in, you know, American history that we're taught, it's kind of just like one little section of that, of that yeah. unit. <laughs> I feel, and I feel yeah. like at least in my experience, they all, people also kind of teach it as if it happened yeah. a long time ago. And it's like, it's still happening now. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of overlooked by a lot of people, but you know, I, I wonder how much of that is just visibility, you know, like yeah. p- there's just not a lot of American Indians left in this country. You know, there's like that old Chris Rock uh, bit from one of his specials where he's like, I've seen a polar bear riding a unicycle, but I've never seen an Indian family hanging out at Red Lobster. Yeah. You know, and it's <laughs> it's sad, but it's true. You know, there's just it's I, I, I've I've met maybe like five native american people in my whole life you know we live in new york well i think you i I think you touched on something and i think that's what that a big um thing that i try to spread is empathy because i feel like so many um americans especially i'm always talking trash on americans but i love this is my country i love this country but uh we generally are not empathetic to other cultures and we think that our culture is superior whatever whatever our culture is our culture is actually just it's a bunch of cultures all mixed together and uh, i mean on your table right now i see many different cultures for crying out loud you got shack fu you've got game boy i mean game boy comes from japan shack fu that's kung fu mixed with african-american shack of course citizen kane uh, very american <laughs> greatest screenplay of all time but that that's but based off of uh uh, oh gosh, who's the real life William guy Randolph that was based Hurst. off of? Yeah, William Randolph first. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, but yeah, like I just feel like uh, the um, we're we are a melting pot, but it seems like because there's been so much assimilation, um, and we're a big country, 
we just think we're the center of the universe and we're so uh we just need empathy like we need to like even like a lot of my students have never really left their town Mm -hmm. they've never even uh and i thought i've taught poor kids rich kids everything in between uh kids of all skin colors religions all and it's the same all of them like they don't get out of their neighborhoods they hang out with people just like them um and so it should be no surprise we're seeing all this hate that um in society because they they just don't have empathy they i mean that's what drives me trying to spread the empathy um and i think it should be mandatory that people get out of their country like studying abroad should be mandatory or peace corps or something where you're for like especially like a country that's impoverished you know Um, yeah get some culture i really appreciate that in your videos too like You'll, you'll always see a few comments here and there where people are like, I don't completely agree with you, but I appreciate your, you know, balanced approach to a topic. Right. And that's know. very important. Like, you don't want, I, I hate when some people go, like, you'll see that in, you know, networks like mm-hmm. Vice or on one end of the spectrum or Fox News on one end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Or they'll just like say, this is how history happened and you have to accept it the way it is. And that's just, that's just that. Mm-hmm. But I like your your approach where you kind of teach it from an educational perspective, obviously. And, you know, it it can it's, come off where it's very neutral and very, like, you know, welcoming for somebody who doesn't know anything about the subject. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah, I it's always in good faith. And I, I'm not trying to... I mean, I think really what helps me is that I don't really have my mind made up on mm-hmm. most things. Like, uh, I I always play devil's advocate and I can always see... Um, all sides, not both sides, but all sides, because there's never just two sides. And um, it's funny that you said Vice was on the left, though. Like, I, I, I love Vice, and here's the reason why: it's not just one person; it's like a, a team mm-hmm. of thousands. And that is true journalism, though, because you know what they do? They go to these places. Yeah. Yeah. Like your average newscaster has never been to Libya, but then Vice is the only one. They, there's, they, how did they get somebody? Vice had somebody. In a tunnel with Hamas. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. I was going to say, like, I think MSNBC is one of the No, I love... I lo- yeah, MSNBC, I love yeah. Vice. I'm that's not, a better I'm not com- crapping on them. I'm just... As I know, an example. but like, there's a distinct difference between... Because journalism, I defend it because that's my other degree. One of my other... I have three degrees. Who am I kidding? History, education, journalism. That's awesome. Yeah, it, student, student loan debt. Uh, <laughs> Another feeling. But no, journalism, I, I defend journalists because, man... They've been getting attacked just as much as te- more than teachers in recent years, and they're just trying to figure out what the truth is. And most journalists are just what drives them more than anything is they're curious. Mm-hmm. Like they're the type of kid that, well, most kids are like this. Kids are like curious until they reach middle school, and then they stop being curious. But then journalists keep being curious. They keep asking questions. They won't stop asking questions. And we need people like but that. But that's sorry for rants over. Cool, and I think that's an interesting <laughs> perspective. <laughs> too especially about excuse me especially about like um like the whole uh vice compared to the mainstream news networks you know like reminds me of when bill o'reilly lied and said he was like in an active <laughs> war zone no that was um the uh, brian williams that's oh brian, brian williams yeah. that's right yeah, brian yeah. williams yeah. he said he was like <laughs> something tells me bill o'reilly would go nowhere near one of those yeah. airfields <laughs> oh no bill o'reilly bill o'reilly said that he was like at the guy's front steps when he committed suicide or something like that and like no you we have proof that those are basically <laughs> all those anchors are basically reaction channels yeah. that's all they are More or or less. the news so, talking heads 
So um, they they walked so Keemstar <laughs> could run. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, that's one way to put it. All right, so uh, I think we're at about our 45 minute uh, time limit here. So yeah. Um, thank you for taking the time out. We really appreciate it. I'm sorry the last few weeks it's been kind of up and down, like getting this all together, but we were really looking. F- oh no, we we're really looking forward to this, and we glad we're uh, very honored that you took the time to to hang out with us today. Yeah. You know. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate you reaching Absolutely. out. So we wish you the best of success. You're doing a great thing. So I uh, I hope you enjoy your full time job now doing this because uh, we really enjoy it and we look forward to more of your videos. Yes, sir. Best of luck. Well, thank you, and stay in touch. All right. What's that flag back behind you, by the way? That second one over with the American flag. The yellow and oh, red one? That's the Chiefs flag. Oh, nice. That's the nice. Chiefs flag. I got to go watch my Chiefs now. Speaking go of for which. it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. Thank you. But yeah, so, you know, fresh off the plane from Georgia is your boy over here. Yeah. You're, uh, you, you know, you're in the in the South. You're, you're close to him, sort of, kind of. South of Jace. <laughs> Kansas, Georgia, Kansas. And, Kansas and Georgia are they're, nowhere they're close they're to each neighbors. other. Their neighbors might as well be, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I'll be closer when I'm in Nashville, but yeah. that is neither here nor there. Don't remind me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we flew down. Uh, it was uh, Division Three cross-country nationals. Yeah. So I took the team down, myself and, and Todd, our, our lovely head coach over there. That's wonderful. We took... Um, we were we were planning on taking everybody. Everybody made it, but um, our our one girl Caitlin unfortunately tested positive, so mm. she wasn't able to make the trip. But, but your guy did finish all American, well. you said. Yeah. Um, our our um number one guy Bailey Katzman out mm-hmm. of Washingtonville. Shout out Bailey. He's um a coaches all American, twenty second place, so top twenty five at the nationals meet. Um. Top 25 are, are listed All-Americans. Top 15 is NCAA All-American, and then 16 through 25 is Coaches mm-hmm. Poll All-American. Yeah. So, well, really one through 25. But So if you're top 15, you get two All-American awards, and if you're 16 through 25, you get one. But, you know, All-American is All-American, and it's the second one in program history, especially not having a season last year. I didn't know what to expect with this year. Um, cause obviously with COVID, everything was canceled last year, but we had these kids stuck it out the whole time. And I want to give a shout out to all of them, Bailey, Sam, um, Antonio and Xavier. I couldn't ask for a better group of, and Kate too, cause Kate would have been there and, and obviously we wish her well, and I'm glad that she's feeling better and all of that stuff, but cool, you know, but it was, it was so cool to just let get the kids to have this experience you know because yeah. that's what coaching to me is all about is is you know i it kind of what um mr beat was talking about with his students like i i feel like the reward for me is that i learn from these kids you know mm-hmm. and it was beautiful to be able to get them this experience i mean and uh, antonio had never flown on a plane before so this was literally his first time like probably his first time out of the northeast. I don't know the kid. Maybe he's. I mean, he, I don't. I, I do know the. I don't know the kid that well. Maybe he's driven somewhere before. You're acquainted. But, yeah, yeah. But this is probably like his first big trip of his life, or at least mm-hmm. one of them. And no, he know, made and, a good point earlier. He's like a lot of people don't leave where they they grew up. Yeah, you know, it's it's a common and, thing. And I noticed like it was eye opening for them to be in a different culture, to be in the south, mm-hmm. and and see how the way of life is there. And, yeah. 
you know, and we got to, it, it was a lot of fun, you know, we, we, there were some snafus along the way, like, they didn't have the Suburban we rented, so. So you had to rent, like, a, uh, a Prius? Well, here's, <laughs> so, I'll tell you the story, so, the college put us down for a Suburban, like a three-row, uh, seven, eight-passenger SUV, because we had seven people, we ended up with six, but either way, we would have needed a big car. Yeah. So the rental company gave us a Toyota Highlander. Okay. Which is a big SUV, but as people who know cars will know, Highlanders don't have a third row. Mm. The uh the Toyota Sequoia is the one that has the third row. The Highlanders are built on a Toyota Tacoma platform, so it's a so mid-sized truck. So we had a Santa Claus yep. situation. We had a Santa Claus situation where somebody was going to have to ride in the trunk. Okay. And the kids were willing to do that. They were willing to draw straws and figure out who was going to take the L. But Georgia I, state law says Georgia no. state law and the coaches of the operation, okay, we okay. were not willing to do that. So we went up and, and initially Todd demanded a bigger car because that's what we paid for and that's what we were put down for. So I don't really understand why they did not have it. Well, it's... It's a tough situation right now because there's not a lot of rental cars out there. It's not a tough situation to reserve the thing that was asked to be reserved for. We're in, it's a, like that we're in a different world, Nick Parodies. It's like that Seinfeld bit, you know? You know how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. <laughs> yes. But, but so I did some scouting while he was over in the parking lot because... I like cars. I just wanted to go around and see what they have. Mm -hmm. Out the corner of my eye, what should I see but a nice uh, Silverado over there. Ooh, like like 2020 Silverado. And I thought, hmm, I wonder. I look in. Sure enough, it's got the bench seat. So Mm. I go over and I'm like, hey, just so you know, Todd, that truck over there, that's got the bench seat. It can seat six. We'd have to put all our bags in the trunk and, you know, hope they don't get rained on while we're driving to Macon. Because we flew into Atlanta, but we were staying in Macon because the race was kind of out in the countryside. Mm-hmm. So we were staying in Macon. It's about an hour away. Um, so, and so he's like, we'll take the truck. And they're like, no, 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 no. We're going to go up and find you the thing that you ask for. So they go up to find the thing that we ask for and we're waiting a while. And I'm like, let's just take the truck. And he goes, we'll take the truck. And they're like, no, 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 it's okay. We're going to figure out something for you. And then we wait a little longer, and he and I say to each other, you know what, I'll go over and I'll... I, I was I was like, you know what, I'll, you go over and... I, you go over and you tell the kids to just put their stuff in the in the trunk of the... in, in the bed of the truck. What are they going to do? Kick us out? And <laughs> get in the truck, and I'll say, we're taking the truck. Where's the keys? <laughs> yeah, and so that's what I did. I said, we're taking the truck, and then they wrote it down, and uh, we took the truck. And no rain befell you? There was rain on the way down. There was rain on the way down, but it was we were going fast enough, because we're going highway speed at that yeah. point. We're on the interstate, so we were going fast enough that light rain plus the weather kind of and the, the speed kind of canceled it out, okay, and it didn't get super wet. A little low trip could have sufficed with a with a tarp if you really wanted to go that route. But. Yeah, but you know we were saving our money for big shit. Like uh-huh. we went um, we went to this arcade our last night, and they got to have fun doing that. And mm-hmm. I got to have fun playing skee ball. Ooh, 
That's a that's a classic arcade uh, experience. There. We went to multiple uh, nice restaurants, and by nice restaurants, I mean Texas Roadhouse, Popeyes, and uh, Glory Days Bar and Grill. Which, by Was the it- way, shout out Glory Days Bar and Grill, Macon, Georgia. Excellent service and excellent atmosphere. And the only sports bar I've ever seen where they also have Nick Jr. on. So that mm. was um, very... You gotta, you gotta have something for the children. Yeah. It's very important. They were showing some weird show, like Living Monster Trucks. It made no sense to me, but I'm uh, sure... That would be... Uh, uh, I, I know the show, but, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. but I don't know what... The what one it... where there's a human and... Yeah. But he's the only human in the world and all the other trucks are sentient. Mm, yeah, yes. It's very, very odd. Very, uh, very distinct there. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm happy for all your your fellows there, and uh, but yeah, I no, hope- it was awesome, and and to have it was just great to have everybody there because you know I've been to nationals ever, ever, the, since the first year I ran. Mm-hmm. We've I've gone to to D three nationals every year. You know, I I went two times as a runner. I went. One time as a volunteer, I just like I just went out of my own pocket because yeah. I wanted to see. It was two friends of mine from when I did ran, so I wanted to see how their season mm-hmm. ended. And then I went twice as a coach, and it 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 never loses its luster for me. You know, to see all of those teams and all of those people, all of these people from literally all over the country, mm-hmm. like it's it's amazing. You know, the champion was from Illinois. The second place kid was, I think, from North Carolina. The, there was a top 10 team from New York. There was a top 10 team from New Jersey. There was a top 10 team from Missouri. It, you know, it was all over the place. You know, so it's, and it, it's good for, it was good for my runners to sort of break out of that bubble and get to see, you know, different people who do the same thing that they do but come from a wildly different background and it was georgia military college was the school that hosted the event and they did an excellent job i gotta say like they had shirts and hats made for the winning teams and the winning runners they had plaques set up they had on-site merch which is where i was able to get this lovely Mm -hmm. sweater it's very nice yeah with custom full customization like this it didn't come like this i put this flag shit on there it was one of the designs they had oh they let you actually they had like a press and you could, yeah like oh. they had a press they oh, had cool. food trucks there yeah and mind you this is all out on a farm in somebody's backyard in rural georgia so they had all this shit out there by by the way the jamaican food truck excellent and i love the fact that the guy was packing heat while he was cooking mm. the food i happen to see at least that. you know you're safe while you're eating your uh, i don't know what you're yeah making, what you're making food uh i noticed that i pointed out to my kid and like my kid i pointed out to uh, my runners and it was damn he's packing right now i said yeah stay strapped <laughs> or get clapped bro be like look where you are <laughs> yeah it's the south man there's a lot of people packing i would imagine yeah I don't know the exact laws of Georgia, but I assume it's a concealed carry state because mm-hmm. I saw more than one instance. Yeah, more than you would see up here in that liberal area, New York. <laughs> yeah, um, and it was it was nice for me because, as I've made a point of mentioning on the show before, I am strongly considering moving down south to pursue music, and you know, it's not Nashville, it's Georgia, it's a different state, but the south it's the south and to be able to i think this is my advice to anybody who's thinking of moving anywhere 
go visit a place and like I said, it's obviously not the same, but culturally it's similar enough that you can kind of get a reading. And obviously I've been to Nashville before, so it's, I'm not going into this blind, but go, go to these places and don't just, don't see the sites, like visit them. If you're thinking of moving there, don't visit and see the big sites, visit and just kind of live normally and think about the context of what would my everyday life be like if where I was am I going to go study if I'm, you know, if I'm educated or where would I go to practice? Right. If I was an athlete, where would I go to the gym? Exactly. What's the good pizza place down there? You know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Exactly. Exactly. And I, so I was making mental notes of that and not mm-hmm. only that, but like how will I interact with the people around me? Yeah. And that was really cool because I feel like one of the things I love about the South is it's a lot more slowed down. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's less hustle and bustle and stress. And it's pretty it's, slow, like, up in our part of the state, though. It's not like... Yeah. It, but that's that's my point. It reminds yeah. me of... Here. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 You want to stay in a place that's not going to be too too much for you. Yeah, it's it's an easy transition. I don't think that'd so. be a problem for you. Um, It no. would probably be a problem for me because I'm used to this environment and I like this environment. Right, so. right, right. But, uh, but yeah, and then um, and then of course on the way back is where kind of the wheels fell off. Ah, uh, yes. Well, how much alcohol was consumed by me? Yes, you you of legal drinking age, of course. Yes, uh, none by the kids because they are obviously not of drinking. They're, age. they're not of drinking age. I had I had beers and you know drinks and stuff, but not on the company's dime. I paid for it myself. Good boy. Um. But yeah, and and not while I was working, so you know, wasn't loaded at the meat or anything like that. <laughs> I it wouldn't expect that from you. Strictly, strictly business. Strictly business, exactly. Yes. But um, you know, and uh, but so when we were driving back, we actually missed the exit for the airport initially. I drove into downtown Atlanta by mm-hmm. mistake and had to turn around. And uh, near, we nearly missed the plane. We were this close to missing the plane. That would have been fun tonight. So it would have been. So um, I almost was not here because... I mean, we could have totally just, you know, called you up on the Google call and we could have gotten you wired in so live we, from the airplane. Yeah, I, I would have been fine with that. But yeah. we, got, um, we got our bags checked in at... The check-in time for the flight was 8.30 a.m. We got our bags checked in at like 8.10-ish. And then the TSA line was so ungodly long yeah. that we literally almost missed the flight. Like, Todd and Sam sprinted once they got out. And I, had to, I stayed behind for a second because, um, some, like, I guess Antonio had water in his bag or something, so mm. they pulled it aside and, and they had to do the extra inspection. By the way, this I'll get into a TSA rant in a minute, so don't you worry. But <laughs> I haven't been on a plane in like 15 years, so but I'm, this is I, newest to me. But yeah, so they they pulled him aside, and I was, I, we took we tried to see where they had went, and Sam ended up calling me and like gave me directions, but I didn't know where the fuck I was going. Yeah, so I was like, listen, we're just gonna get on the get on the air train and hope for the best, mm-hmm. and we did that, and we made it with one minute to spare. They closed. It. They closed the gates at. Um, As your foot was exiting the they door, they literally closed the gates at eight fifty five. We got there at eight fifty four. <laughs> it was. We were the last. We because and and they waited for us, of course, but we were the last six people on the plane. Yeah, 
And then when we got, so I, I, okay, so obviously I didn't eat breakfast because we were rushing there. I didn't have time to go to the Dunkin' Donuts in the airport. Big shame. Big shame. (laughs) When we get, so when we flew back, we had a layover in Charlotte. We flew down direct on JetBlue. We flew, I'm not sure why they booked two different flights. I guess maybe it was cheaper that way, but we flew down direct from JFK to Atlanta on JetBlue. Mm. We flew back from Atlanta to JFK on American Airlines with a layover in Charlotte. So we flew into Charlotte. It was about 35 minutes from um it was about 35 minutes from Atlanta to Charlotte, which ended up being almost an hour because we taxied in Charlotte for like 20 minutes mm-hmm. out on the runway while they were looking for a place to put us. So Douglas Airport and Charlotte get your act together. <laughs> you know, know when your flights are so we get there and like the changeover is happening right then. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Now I don't even have time to get food here, which I was planning on doing. So I, I go by and I'm like, okay, maybe the there's a Burger King up ahead on the way. Maybe I'll go in there and get something. The Burger King line is f- from here to the end of that closet. Like, it's ridiculous. It's like 60 people deep. I'm like, are you <laughs> kidding me right now? So I have to run down there. And I'm running into every place. I'm like, okay, is this place open? No, it's not. Oh, wait, because Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. Oh, wait, this place is closed because it's the South and shit's closed on Sunday. (laughs) Oh, wait, Wendy's line is too long, so I can't do that. I ended up seeing, luckily seeing Todd farther up in the Wendy's line and successfully cut the line. Mm. But, um, so I did get my food. Then we get on the plane and American Airlines, I just want to rant about a few things real fast. They haven't had a good few years. Number one, (laughs) number one, I understand the safety thing. I understand that I have a responsibility as a citizen to keep everybody safe by wearing my mask. But if I have to do it, how come the pilots don't have to do it? Because I saw those motherfuckers and they didn't have masks on, okay? I saw them exposed exposed American Airlines exposed (laughs) breaking news and I said that I said that in direct earshot of the flight I made sure that the flight attendant could hear me when I said it I said said to one of my kids I was like hey man why do we have to do this and they don't you share the same air yes (laughs) exactly so if the pilot has coronavirus coronavirus yeah then everybody on the plane has coronavirus yes Thankfully, that did not happen, as far as I know. I mean, I guess I'll find out in a few days if they text me, but mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that everything's fine. Yeah. But, um, but so, yeah, and then we get on the plane. Now, JetBlue going to, reminder, JetBlue is a budget airline. Mm-hmm. American Airlines is top of the really? line. Jet, yeah, JetBlue is a budget. Oh. Jet, okay. JetBlue is, is. I wouldn't know. <laughs> JetBlue is, like, called a regional carrier. It's It's for, like shorter haul flights american airlines is like the big like american airlines delta united yeah, those yeah. are the big national carriers where they have first class and they pull out all the stops not on our plane by the way no first class on this airbus but you know what do you expect what do you expect it's a connector flight from charlotte to new york i'm not expecting first class but you know what i am expecting matt dixon i'm expecting such simple things as free wi-fi 
and a TV in the back of the seat where I can do things with it. Not always had. Do you know why I was expecting those things? Because, because the budget carrier airline had them! Thank you why for- doesn't the national carrier have free Wi-Fi? Why doesn't the national carrier have a screen in front of my seat? We love peaking. We love peaking. 100%. Why? What happened? What is going on at American Airlines? This is ridiculous. I want to hear from American Airlines customer service. This is Let's ridiculous. Call them up. Let's call them up. <laughs> Let's do it. But off the air. Yes. I'm not going to expose these guys live on the air it's not any their more fault. than I already have. It's not their fault. It's it's the corporation's fault for the It's the man's fault. It's it the utter incompetence leading the this, way this at American Airlines. This is why I don't Airlines. fly. I refuse to fly. Yeah, it's not fun. By the way, TSA, the biggest joke in the world. It has saved nobody. <laughs> it's just coincidence that there hasn't been a big terrorist attack in the last 20 years. Yeah. It, the TSA has saved nothing. All it's done is make shit incredibly more inconvenient for the working man. <laughs> now I have to take my shoes off and stand like this, like an asshole, and spin around in a circle and click my heels <laughs> and say, there's no place like home. Remember that years back there was those people complaining because they had the x-rays at the TSA? They threw away my cologne. How much was the cologne? It was five bucks because it was Old Spice cologne that I bought at Target, but they still threw it away. Why can't I have cologne on the plane? If anybody's by the garbage can at uh, Terminal 5 in the uh, O'Hare, whatever whatever the airport's called. JFK? JFK. Then uh... Why can't I have <laughs> cologne on the plane? Because you could conceal a uh, an explosive in there. No, I can't. Sure you can. Why can't you just open it and sniff? Why would you know that? How, how would you know there's, you can't hold a bomb in, in that small of a container? Okay, I guess I've been exposed. Why can't you just open it and sniff? Don't they have bomb-smelling dogs at these places? Why don't they just hold the can of, of cologne in front of the fucking dog's nose? Did you know at one point you weren't able to bring, like, a box cutter? Or you were able to bring, like, a box cutter on the plane and you could bring matches? Do you remember Indiana Jones? He brought his piece on the plane and then smoked a cigar on it. We, we... I'm not saying we need to go back to those days, but this is ridiculous. I shouldn't be checking in two and a half hours before the plane leaves because I got to spend half of that time waiting for some idiot to check my bag. And you know what? They don't even check the bag. When I went through Atlanta, when I went through Atlanta, this was the wildest part. They didn't even check me. I didn't have to take my shoes off. They didn't pat me down. They didn't do anything. I could have brought anything on that (laughs) plane with me. They didn't even care. You could have stabbed the pilot. I could have. For his lack of masking. Which would have been a very, uh, you know, he could have been the poster boy for uh, <laughs> the pro-mask movement. Bro, like, <laughs> the whole thing is... You need to go on a plane more often. This is great content. I should. I honestly should. My ear is still popping, actually. I wish my life was as interesting as yours when you go on a flight. <laughs> Dude, I've been... The lesson of this podcast is don't drink too much Diet Coke. And, and don't fly uh, American don't Airlines. Don't fly American Airlines at all. At least until they get their shit together. I'll be driving cross country to Florida this uh, this spring. Really? Mm-hmm. You and the lady? Yep. We're taking a, we're taking this trip to Sarasota. Nice. So we're gonna be driving across the great in the great states of the United States. Nice. So that'll be fun because I don't fly. So yeah. And we we decided it would have been a lot more expensive anyway because we had to rent a car for a week and that's mm-hmm. not you know obviously based on your uh, 
you know, a little situation there. We we don't want to be yeah. renting a car. I mean, it was actually better for us in the long run because the truck was actually cheaper than a Suburban would have mm-hmm. been. But yeah, yeah, but it just you know, it's it's nice to get a vacation. I haven't been on a real vacation in probably like five years. So. Yeah, that's why I'm taking a few. Like I I took the whole week off from work from mm-hmm. last Wednesday to this Wednesday. And I could go back. There's shifts available tomorrow. I could pick one up, but I'm not going to. I, I need a few days to decompress. You're going to come with me when I see my first theater movie in over a year? I might, man. What are you seeing? We're going to go see the uh, Velvet Underground documentary over at the uh, Pleasant Pleasant View, Pleasantville Theater in oh, yeah. near I'll, Tarrytown. I'll, yeah, I might go to that. Yeah. Might bring our, our friend of the show, Charles Bodensiek. He might join us. Okay. Because so, I know he's a fan. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but yeah, because I've been want- I just saw it and I'm like, it'd be nice to go see a documentary in theaters. It's been a it while. It would be, man. And especially the Velvet Underground. That's a yeah. know, a subject that obviously is connected to me and near and dear to my heart. What, the, what was that supposed to mean? What it just just the heart? Yeah. Heart, yeah. This is your heart right yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. You know. Fair enough. I know nothing about the Velvet Underground, so I know I that- love their song Sweet Jane. Yeah. Garage band Nick Parody's garage band classic. Mm, we love it. Duh. Sweet Jane, da na 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 na. Sweet Jane, you'll have to serenade me with me sometime. Yeah, great song. It's yeah. it, genuinely and um, the, so the velvet. Just a little bit of background. The Velvet Underground. You you yeah, might not edu- know, educate me. I don't you, know. Much. You might not know them, but you've definitely seen their logo. It's the yeah. banana. Well, that's one of their albums, right? Yeah, that's the. But I'm, um, so the band was, they they were kind of the first indie rock band first mm-hmm. alternative rock like literally everything in alternative rock can be traced back to the velvet underground because they were kind of the first guys to do it they were the first it was kind of in the prog era late 60s early mm-hmm. 70s yeah. so it was when you know the beatles were going psychedelic with like sergeant peppers and, and the white album and all that stuff is when the stones were experimenting with different sounds like you know brian jones was playing sitar and and you know, marimba and all this crazy stuff. And, and and it was when The Who was writing these big rock operas and, yeah. and using synthesizers a lot. And, and uh, Velvet Underground kind of took things in a different direction. And they were, they were, they kind of brought it more lo-fi. They, they didn't have the best equipment. So they used that to their advantage to create interesting new sounds. They wrote about people on kind of the underbelly of society like um, there's kind of debate about what Sweet Jane is about, but most people say it's about a prostitute. So yeah. that's just one example. Um, and it's the two main members of the band obviously have went on to to be some of the biggest musical legends of all time. Number one, uh, Lou Reed was the vocalist, and Lou Reed is one of the biggest musicians of the last fifty years. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been incredibly relevant for a long time. He's worked with everybody from Metallica to you know, you name them. And Isn't there also that adage where it's like, uh, there's more fa- there's more people who were inspired by the Velvet Underground than there are fans of the Velvet Underground? That's true. Yeah. I- I'm one of those people. I like Velvet Underground songs, mm. but I wouldn't call myself a Velvet Underground fan. I just they know They have a nice aesthetic to them. They do have a nice I'd aesthetic. I'd like to learn more. Yeah. Mm. But like, there's so, like, literally everything, Sonic Youth, Nirvana, Ramones, punk rock wouldn't exist without the Velvet Underground. Grunge wouldn't exist without the Velvet Underground. Art rock wouldn't exist without the Velvet Underground. Mm-hmm. Modern stuff like uh, the 1975, like the shoegaze type of yeah, stuff yeah. where they're doing like kind of out there effect. U2 would be nothing without the Velvet Underground. Mm-hmm. It all kind of 
that they're the genesis they're the beatles for alternative culture basically and um and then also the other main member of the band was john kale who is the guitarist and john kale is has become like a legendary uh jazz musician kind of art music avant-garde composer so he's done a lot of interesting things too definitely fits with the andy warhol vibe they were going for back yeah then. definitely so um i've been enjoying a lot of uh not doing the social media thing uh, to give an update on that because i know i've been kind of going off the grid completely these days yeah i've noticed that it's been very uh very therapeutic very soothing mm. to not have to worry about the outside world in in a greater capacity as i used to um as far as like on the internet uh, it's something I highly recommend anybody do out there, especially if you're, you know, on every social media platform in a yeah. personal sense. Right. I, I think it's something that everybody should at least try because I know mm-hmm. there's there's a few people out there who kind of live on social media. It's it's part of their livelihood. Right. As far as like their work and everything. Uh, somebody like Mr. Beat, for example. Right. Um, But if you have no connection to the Internet and you have no connection to any sort of these social media platforms. Yeah, I think it's a really healthy step to to get away from it because you find yourself, you know, being more, you know, engaged in things that are not the internet. You have more engaging conversations with people. You know, you find it maybe easier to talk to people because then you have to interact with people in society, if you will. Mm-hmm. So you know, just a little update about that. I've been a lot happier just not being, you know. You seem happier. I just don't feel as bogged down. Like I'm not. I wasn't a big social media guy, but it's sort of like. Okay, you mm-hmm. click on this person thing and you see what this person is doing. Mm-hmm. But with when you're not on there, you don't see any of that. So it's yeah. it's you know, I'm not an envious person. I don't ha- I don't hold any sort of jealousy for anybody. Right. But it makes you think when you're when you're exposed to certain people, even if it's not people you know, like even like you know certain quote unquote hype beasts or gurus or anything like that. Like uh, you know, lately my girlfriend's been pointing out that I really turned on Gary V lately. Yeah, because I haven't been following him anymore because I just got kind of tired of the like grind set, you know, mm-hmm. not not that it's bullshit, just like it's really stressful. And I feel to, like you've gotten tired of Joe Rogan also. I, I really mean, have gotten tired of Joe you, Rogan you were, lately. We were talking before the show about yeah. how he's once again gone off the deep end. I just I was never a huge fan of his, but he always like, OK, I'll listen to his episode with Ben Shapiro because maybe he has some salient points. But most of the time, it's not usually the case. <laughs> It's he, just, you and, know, and it, you know, it's there must be something in the water down there in Austin. I think he's been hanging out with Alex Jones and Eddie Bravo and Elon Musk much. and all these people. Yeah. He's also kind of gone off the deep end lately. He's been Elon. tweeting a lot about he tweeted at Bernie Sanders today and said, I, I didn't even know you were still alive. Elon did. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly funny. And then he was like tweeting like, where do you want me to send my my million dollars in taxes or whatever? And then some guy commented yeah. at the bottom. He's like. You know you're only selling that stock because you have to, you know, something like that. So these billionaires, my guy. Ridiculous. Oh boy. So I was gonna put together a list, but in lieu of putting together a list, I have found a quiz. Quiz that I wanna see if you can get. Okay. Is it like trivia? Yes. I know you're a huge baseball guy. Okay. So this quiz is can you name all the pitchers who have thrown multiple no hitters in their career? We're gonna do this. How many are there? There are a total of twenty. I don't know. It doesn't have an exact number, but it's okay. it's between twenty and thirty. All right. So let's see how many you can get. Justin Verlander. 
Okay. That is one. Yeah. Homer Bailey. Bailey, two. Um, Roy Halladay. Okay. So far, so good. Mm, Go ahead and say my guy, because I know you want to. Did Bumgarner throw more than one? Not that my guy. Your guy. My other guy. Your guy on... Same team. Same team. Matt Cade? No, no, no. Same team. Other one. Other one. My Hall of Famer. I, I, he should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> on the Giants? Yes. I, 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 I ride the train for him forever. Oh, oh Tim Lincecum. <laughs> yes, my stoner buddy, <laughs> Your Tim boy. Lincecum. <laughs> the man Big who, time Timmy Jim. The man who disappeared. Yes. Okay, so we're going to like We've the- We've got four so far. Okay, the OOs. I can't really. Was there more in the two thousands that I'm missing? Um, there's a a couple big ones you're missing in the OOs. So remember, this is just two or more. Well, okay. not necessarily in the two thousands, but just two big ones that I think that you you definitely I know you know two big ones. Can you give me a? Is it the two thousand tens? No, it's it's prior to that. The two thousands. So one was the 60s and one was the 70s and 80s. Uh, the 60s, well, Nolan Ryan would be the 70s, obviously. Yep, Nolan Ryan was seven, of the course. The 60s would have been Sandy Koufax. Yes, sir. So you got seven, you got the two most. Nolan Ryan obviously was seven, yeah. Sandy was four. Um, did Jim Palmer throw multiple no-hitters? Sorry, Jim Palmer was not on the list. Hmm. He does have one, but not more than one. Um, somebody who th- who's the guy that threw multiple? Oh, um, this is all time. Yeah, Johnny Vandermeer, the only Van- person to throw two consecutive no hitters. That's correct. Yes, he's on there. Um, Cy Young probably threw a few no hitters. Cy imagine. Young did. He threw three. Okay. Um, same number as our boy Justin V. Christy Mathewson maybe threw a couple no hitters. Yes, sir. Mathewson is on the list. Okay. Um. Let's try the 80s. Who would have thrown a no-hitter in the 80s? You might have to help me a little bit more. Okay. Um. So is that all of them for the 2000s? Am I missing any? You are missing a couple. There was one who famously blew the whistle on a big baseball scandal. Blew the whistle on a big baseball scandal. V- recent big baseball scandal. Mike Fires threw two no-hitters. Mike Fires threw two no-hitters. That's a weird one. Okay. <laughs> um, there was a former Cy Young winner on the list who was part of a World Series championship drought breaker. Um, Mid-2010s. He won the Cy Young the next year. He won the World Series. And since then, he's faded from... Um, so this is 20... This would be the Chicago Cubs? Yep. Okay. What pitcher would be on the Cubs? Did John Lester throw that many no-hitters? John Lester did not. Okay. His teammate did. His teammate. Pitcher on the Cubs in 2016. Um, Jake Arrieta? Jake Arrieta, yes, sir. Okay, cool. Cool, gotcha. Um, Faded since then, unfortunately. Did your boy, did Juan Marichal throw two no-hitters? Juan Marichal did not. Hmm. Did. But there is a guy with a similar sound in his name who was a former teammate of Justin Verlander. Another Cy Young winner, World Series champion. 
potentially could win the Cy Young again this year. Former Giant? Former National. National. Oh, Max Scherzer. Would Max be. Scherzer, yes, sir. Mr. Max Scherzer. How many I got so far? You have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So I need eight more? Uh, you need more than eight more. How much in the weeds would I be for the rest of them? Or are they kind of difficult? Um, there's a few that are pretty, there's a, a, oh, a few. That Randy you, Johnson, Randy obviously. Johnson, yes. yes. So we've got, uh, we've got 13 now. Did Clemens there's, ever throw two no-hitters? Clemens never threw one at all, That's believe surprising. it or not. Um, so there's a few that I know you won't get. Because yeah. they're just, they're from the 1800s or whatever. Okay. Or yeah, so one would be Larry Corker, and he was the first person to throw multiple. Okay. So I'll give you Larry Corker, and uh, he has three in his career. And, Can I get uh, Carl Hubble? Did he throw more than one no hit? Carl Hubble did not. Okay. Um, who's the There's other? A, I'll give you Addy Joss. He was the first person to throw a perfect game and a no hitter. Okay. Um, I'll give you Virgil Trucks, who um is only significant in baseball history because he because threw of the, through the no hitters. And is really only significant in world history because he spawned us Butch Trucks, the drummer of the legendary Allman Brothers band. We love to see it. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, so the, how many are left in the time period that I would know? Uh, there's, we got Randy Johnson. So there's one big one left from the 2000s that I'm, I, I feel like you know. White it- Sock, uh... Blue Jay, Marlin, he played for these teams. World Series champion, 2005 with the White Sox. Part of the Marlins' big free agent spree in 2012. Anibal Sanchez? No, not Anibal Sanchez. Although he does have one. But this guy is two. Uh, Josh Beckett? Not Josh Beckett. He was part of the Marlins in 2012 when they signed Reyes. and Mark Burley? Mark Burley, yes, sir. Has multiple? Okay. Multiple. Okay. One, a no-hitter and a perfect game. Okay. Um, And then I'm looking here. I'm not sure if there's any anybody else on the list that would jump out at you. Probably not. But I'll try for two more. One is an all-time legendary pitcher. What, what decade was it? 40s and 50s. He 40s. threw three for the Indians. Oh, Bob Feller. Bob Feller. The yep. legend. <laughs> and then the other one is... um. The other one is a Red Sox, you know, former Red Sox and Dodger legend. Not mm. really a legend. He was just kind of an average pitcher. But he is he was the first uh, foreign man to throw two no-hitters. Would that be? So the first one not born in this country. Would that be your boy, Louis Dion? It would not be. Would that be? He's Japanese. Oh, that would be. The only man to pitch a no-hitter before he went to the Mets and after he was on the Mets, Hideo Nomo. Yes, sir. <laughs> Hideo Nomo. That's your trivia for the day. Well done. So, cool. All right, that's probably as, as much as I could get. Yeah, not bad, considering that a lot of these guys are pre-integration yeah. era. I'm usually so. pretty okay with my names. Yeah. Not so much with stats, but I'm, I'm pretty good yep. at remembering names. But that's So, just... the other ones on the list were Jim Bunning, uh, Steve Busby, Carl Erskine. Jim Bunning threw a perfect game against the Mets. He did. Mm. Bob Forch. One of two perfect games that was thrown against the Mets that year. Mm. <laughs> was that like the, the Rays when they had like three no-hitters thrown against them in the span of a calendar year? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think it might have been 
no, 60, it might've been 64 that Jim Funning threw that perfect game. I don't remember, mm. but I know, you know, it was pretty significant because who gets two perfect games thrown against them in the course of five years? The Mets do. Of course. Typical Mets. Uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, typical Mets, uh, how have they not hired a GM yet? All right. Well, the, the, the word on the street is that they really want to hire that David Stern guy on the Brewers. But the Brewers won't let him talk to him. But the but the thing is, here's what... Why don't they just hire Billy Bean? Well, well, here's the thing. Billy Bean doesn't want to do it because I think Billy Bean doesn't want to go through all that again. He's already okay. set his claws in Oakland. That's where he's going to stay. Okay. So what I'm understanding is that David Stern would probably come to the Mets, but the he has one year left on his contract with an option for 2023. Okay. So the talk is the Mets would either keep Sandy as the general manager, president of baseball operations, Jace mm-hmm. for the next season, and then sign Stearns when he's available next year. Okay. If he doesn't decide, I don't know if it's a team option or a uh, whatever you would call that. Okay. His option. Um. So the Steve Cohen is playing the long game, Because I, I guess Steve Cohen and the owner of the Brewers are not very fond of each other. Well, Steve Cohen doesn't seem like he's very fond of. No, he's not. He's not league. a very likable guy. It it seems like he seems like kind of one of those you know typical financial wizard people. Yeah, and you know, but anyway, it it's it's typical Mets. You know what do you, what do you expect? Oh, you um, are in the driver's seat, my friend. Yeah, Tyreek Hill touchdown. Hell yeah, <laughs> we love it. Um, for uh, for those of you wondering, there, I hope there's many who were wondering. I am still undefeated in uh, fantasy this year. Yeah, my uh, my reign of terror continues, and I think it will continue forever. The Chiefs are about to score again, mm-hmm. so I'm up to sixty sixty seven percent likelihood of winning. So I've got a few uh, MLB free agency hot take predictions for okay. you. I'm disappointed so, that my prediction this year did not go well at all. I thought Madison Bumgarner was going to take the leap and go back to the Giants for a late season push. I wanted him to, but, yeah. yeah. But there might have just been he might have been tired of living there now, and maybe he might have settled in in, in Arizona. And also, I think uh, Farhan Zidi, who's the uh, the uh, Z- or Zadie, I'm, I'm not sure how to say his name, so forgive me. But the Giants GM <laughs> is he seems he's more of an analytics guy. He doesn't yeah. seem like. The kind of guy who'd bring in Bumgarner just for sentimental. Bumgarner is very traditional. I think he's like old yeah. school baseball pitcher. Especially, well, especially since uh, like they're they did so well with you know Gosman and DeScalfani and kind of these throwaway guys. Yeah. That, like they their rotation was kind of the most effective in the game, and they were paying less for the whole thing than they would have been paying on just Bumgarner's contract. Billy Bean so. has entered the chat. <laughs> yeah, but definitely. I mean. But um, also a side point is that the more that Benton Madison Bumgarner stays on a losing shitty team, the more his his World Series record of a .25 ERA stays intact. That's true. Because the minute he pitches in another game, he's going to lose it. You know it's going to happen. <laughs> so here are my a couple free agency hot takes for you. Okay. So I think the Phillies are going to be huge spenders this offseason. Why do you say that? Well, number one, they have Dave Dombrowski running their baseball operations. And you're, you're very familiar. I, I am very familiar. He orchestrated the best Red Sox team in franchise history. Some would argue the best team in the last 20 years in baseball history. Mm-hmm. Some would just say. 
I would just say. I'd argue you're, you're probably close to that. Yeah, I mean, like, the only other... There's a few in competition, like the 98 Yankees are close. That's that's debatable. The Mariners with the 116 wins, but they didn't win the championship, that's, so that's that sours truck it. Because you need to get past the division series. Yes. To, you know, um, but make I, a dent. So Dave Dombrowski is one reason. Joe Girardi's not getting any younger, and I know he wants to win another ring. But also, they have a lot. Of, they have a decent amount of money, and and they're a big market team. They sometimes try to act like they're not, but they are. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to be huge players. I think that they're. I predict that they're definitely going to sign Nick Castellanos out of um the Reds, and that'll that'll give a nice power contact bat behind Bryce Harper. So I mean, you can do a lot worse with then Bryce Harper is your three hitter and Nick Castellanos is your four. I mean, Nick Castellanos almost won the batting title. Yeah. Um, Didn't he used to play for the Tigers? He did. Yeah. Another Tiger that they let slip away. <laughs> um, and yet they're still paying Miguel Cabrera for the next four years. Yeah. I think um, I think the Phillies are going to be huge spenders. Nick Castellanos, I think they're going to sign at least two of the big free agent pitchers. You know, give me... For example, give me Robbie Ray and maybe a Clayton Kershaw. Maybe a Kevin Gosman. Maybe a Kevin Gosman. But is Kershaw going to stay with the Dodgers? They didn't give him a qualifying. offer. They didn't offer. give him a qualifying offer. I don't think they want him back. That was not, that was kind of what I was going to go as another little, one of my hot takes. I don't think the Dodgers want Kershaw back. That'd be really weird. It would be, but also like they've kind of moved on. You know, they've got Dustin May, they've got Walker Bueller, they've got uh, Urias. They don't really need him anymore. They have a very loaded team, yeah. which has always been a, a common trend with them. They always have more than they need, and they have the Dodgers have so many free agents. They have like twelve or thirteen free agents. It's yeah. crazy. They can't afford to keep all of them, and I think if they had to pick between the two of them, they would probably rather keep Scherzer. Yeah, because Scherzer is just better right now. He's playing at a higher level right now. I could see Verlander maybe going over there. I couldn't. I don't think they'd have enough money to pay him. No. I think Verlander is either going to want to go one of two places. I think he's going to go home to Detroit, or he's going to go to an East Coast AL East team. What about the NL East? What about my boys? The Mets? Yes. I don't see it happening. It never happens. No. I could ima- I could see the Red Sox happening. Maybe. But I don't... Th- I, don't- I think the Sox were, were really close. I think they're right there. I A, a, a real true top-of-the-line starter would kind of push... Yeah. us over the edge they're a really good team yeah i would love like i would love to see um i would love to see verlander as a as a red sock i don't know if it'll happen i don't know if heim bloom wants to put the legend yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I, my guy heim i love that man but i don't know if i don't know if heim would want to put that kind of verlander money into because we've already got the chris sale contract where yeah. he's he's had some injury problems you don't quite know what you're going to get back I don't know if they want to do that with two separate pitchers, but the argument I would make is that the upside is the potential upside for that is tremendous. You know, because if they're both on, then that's a Cy Young, one of the best pitchers of all time, plus one of the best former, formerly one of the best. Like Chris Sale and Justin Verlander's incredible one-two punch. Eddie Rodriguez will probably be back. Avaldi is still going to be there, and he's probably going to finish top three or four in Cy Young voting. And this you might year. be able to plug in like maybe an average sort of like maybe a Gosman because Gosman, I think, I don't know if they do that though because there's a yeah. few nice young arms coming up. Like Tanner Hawk looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Pavetta looked good. 
Uh, they've talked about trying Garrett Whitlock in the rotation. I don't know if they will. I think he's better suited to be the closer long term. Where's uh, Where's Clayton Kershaw from? I'm not sure. Let's find out. Because is there any team he would go maybe to try to be closer to home? Maybe. Let's see. Because I know a lot of the older pitchers they tend to do that towards the end of their career. They want to stay closer to home. Clayton Kershaw is from Dallas. Okay. So he won't go to the Rangers because they just are not going anywhere. What about you boys, the Astros? They're about to be like drained, <laughs> like sucked dry. That's possible. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if he would. Speaking of them, do you think that they will recover from the great free agent drought of 2021? Do you mean like the fact that Correa is leaving? As aren't they all leaving pretty much? No, I, I they've got a, a bunch that are still under contract. Okay. Um, they're still unfortunately one of the best teams in the in majors. Correa <laughs> is probably going to leave. I think Correa will go to. I think Correa will go to Detroit. Detroit? Yeah, Detroit wants to make a big splash, and there's a few reasons I think that. Number one, Detroit really wants to make a splash. They're, they have a lot of their prospects ready to come up. They want to make a splash. Um, he, A.J. Hinch is the manager there, and we know Correa has that connection from the Astros. <laughs> Imagine they just he just wins another championship and proves everybody wrong. They could, man. And then the other thing, too, is that we know the Illiches have a lot of money. They do. You know, they're, they're, they're the owners of the Little Caesars fortune. Yeah, Detroit. The <laughs> Tigers are not afraid to spend money. I would we love to that. see good Detroit baseball. Me too. We love our Tigers. Jack White would love to see I'm great sure he would. <laughs> We're big fans. Um, But yeah, so those are some of my free agency hot takes. I don't know how hot they actually are. Yeah. I think the Astros are going to sign like maybe Marcus Simeon or somebody to play shortstop. Yeah. And I think I I think there's some big trades that are going to be made that people won't expect. Like I don't think Jose Ramirez is going to be an Indian next year, or slash a Guardian, slash a Spider. <laughs> um, I don't. I, think... I mean, I would hope he'd come to my Mets. Um, but they would have to trade more to the Indians. Yeah, the Indians will basically have traded farm systems with the Mets at that point. Yeah, I heard the Blue Jays are really in on on J Ram. Yeah. I could see that happening. Mm. Um, they're a good team too. I could see them kind of. The yeah. AL East is always pretty good, except for Baltimore. But you know they're they're uh, they're really building their stock there. They're a good Baltimore? team. Baltimore, yeah, yeah. No, no, not Baltimore. <laughs> I'm talking about the Blue Jays. <laughs> well, Baltimore is building their stock too. They got um, Ruch- Ad- they Rutchman. got Rutschman coming yeah. soon. They got a uh, Grayson Rodriguez as mm-hmm. the number one pitching prospect. So, yeah, well, at least you can tank for a few years, build a good farm system, but that doesn't mean anything yeah. until they put it on the field. Well, I wonder what's going to happen because of this work stoppage now. Because we're it's probably going to yeah. go into a strike, and they apparently one of the biggest things that they want to get out of the strike is they want to end tanking somehow. You can never I do that. How, how I, are you going to tell people? Okay, you can't do this, this, and that. To yeah, I don't know how you would. Are we good on time there? Thirteen minutes left. Okay, I think it goes to the next file because okay. I've noticed the last few times that the SD card doesn't have anything on it so i think it just switches to the next card okay we'll see i mean it's not that big of a deal I mean, if, if you want to if you want to wrap it up that's fine with me too yeah you gotta go not i don't have to go i'm just mm-hmm. you know. yeah we can yeah we could probably finish up it's like an hour and a half it was a good conversation Tyree with Tyreek uh, hill two touchdowns for you oh yeah i guess i won the week <laughs> i guess <laughs> <to> so. know. <laughs> yeah all his players are done for the week so i think uh i think i'll be fine
Yeah, the only yeah, week you I'm... Still have, you still have Henderson to go and Kittle to go. You're going to be fine. The next two weeks I'm worried about because I got a lot of buys, and then the last week because I'm going to be playing John, and if he wins, I'm gonna, never going to live it down. I can't let that. I can't let the lad uh, beat me like that. Don't worry, John won't win. <laughs> I'll, I'll manifest it for you. Isn't it too late for trades? Isn't uh, the... Let's try. Let's find out. Because at that point, I might just trade for some uh, and do a Mickey Mouse trade. <laughs> Because I know John would be like, no, there would be no Mickey Mouse trades. And then the last day of the season, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to trade this random player for, uh... <laughs> I don't know. But it's been fun. It's good to finally win, even though I I can still propose you a trade, so I guess it's still possible. Yeah. I don't know how much longer that'll be the case, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it's so- weird that the NFL trade deadline has passed, but the fantasy trade deadline has not. <laughs> is it, um... So, in theory, the best I could do is 16-0 and because I have a bye week. In theory, the best you could do is 17-0 and because it's a 17-game regular season. Okay. No, because we stop at 15 weeks, and there's three weeks of playoffs, right? We stop at 14 weeks. Oh, because so, oh, it's an extra game this year. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. So the best I can do is 17-0. and Yeah. It's possible. It is possible. I need seven more wins to... Six, to uh, what, what would make you feel worse? If you lose the perfect season on the last day of the year to John, or if you lose the perfect season in the Super Bowl to me, um, I would be proud that I lost to you because you're my compadre. <laughs> um, I would not ever let John have that because he doesn't deserve it because he's scum. Pond scum. He's pond scum. He's he's you know. Remember, these are Matt Dixon's words, not mine. Pond scum, friend, Jonathan. Pond friend, scum. You are tra- You are filth. You know. I'm not going to insult a man like that. I love John. But, uh, you know, he's pond scum. That's what he is. Pond <laughs> He's He's Did corn see- pone. <laughs> Tonka truck. Tonka truck. Mickey Mouse. Yes. Did you see that um that uh, NFL Twitter poll? Well, I guess you didn't because you're not on social media. But the NFL ran up a poll of, like, who's been the biggest surprise in football this year? And it was The like, Washington football team. Well, it was like, who's been the, the biggest surprise? Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel. And I was looking for the options, and I was like, these are all Dylan's players. <laughs> How did this happen? And yet he's still like, you know, well, he's doing okay. He's, he's about to lose again. He's about to be five and five. Yeah. It's not what you want. Can we just, can we just set this up now? I'm going to, I'm going to get him another cameo to finally get him to, you know, finally relinquish control. But I think after three consecutive losing seasons and me possibly completing the greatest fantasy season <laughs> of our lifetime. Yes. It is time for him to step down. He is a horrible commissioner. He is like an old man who's, you know, stuck at the train station, and he's too stubborn to ask anybody to tell him when the train's going to leave. Old man yells at cloud. <laughs> is that what you're saying? He is just, he, he's old man Jenkins, and he needs to go. And I think it's time we need new blood in here. Vote Nick Parodies for commissioner. How exactly. About that? Settle, I'll be, I'll be your uh, running mate. So... Um, because Joe, he's just a horrible commissioner. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yes. He doesn't know the sport. And, uh, you know, we have the better podcast. Let's be real here. Let's be real. I mean, I'm just saying Mr. Beat has never come on the grind hour. How many guests have you had there, Joseph? (laughs) He's never complimented the grind hours audio, but he did compliment the children's programming audio. How many win, how many winning seasons do you have in the Matt Dixon era there, Joseph Leo? (laughs) How many seasons have you lost next to me, Joseph Leo? Joseph Leo. I'm just saying. 
Just saying. He probably won't get this far because he doesn't listen to us because he's not a supporter of our endeavors. Too busy over there doing his, you know, whatever he does. Uh-oh, called out. Yes. So, anyway. see it. It's not what you want. No. Anyway, anyway, kids, thank this you. This is what you want. Thank you for listening again to children's programming. You have been a wonderful audience. Thank you again to Mr. Beat, Matt the Beat. Yes, uh, please check him out uh, at Matt Beat, uh, Mr. Beat everywhere. I think that's pretty much what he is everywhere. Yeah. You want some good educational material that's actually educational and actually entertaining. I he's I would describe him as the Bill Murray of political YouTube. It's great. Yeah, good stuff. That's a good comparison. Um, we thank him for joining us because uh, I know it's 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 very nice to he- to see somebody who's very successful on the platform. Yeah, yeah. As able to come here and not saying that the people we have in the past are not successful, but I feel like he's he's someone who's like in it right now. Yeah. So it's it's good to see. He's hard. He's hard in the paint every he day. Is, he is out here on the grind, grind so. hours, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, please please follow us, everybody, at Children's Programming on Instagram, Chai Programming on Twitter. Yeah. By the way, I was gonna bring this up to you. We should get like a a new intro that's got like the Joe Rogan sound bites. Like we need somebody <laughs> saying. We need somebody winning a fight and saying train by day children's programming podcast by night all day. Yeah, all day. <laughs> we need a neon sign. We need cigars even though we don't well I don't smoke, but yeah. you you can have that if you I'll want. I'll have it. So, yeah. All right, cool kids. Remember kids, don't do drugs, only the only the good drugs, you know. Advil, Tylenol, marijuana. Yeah, you know. And uh, you know, stay good, do yeah. good things. Stay gold pony boy. There you go. Bye-bye. Get yourself hand tattoos. Do it. <laughs> Space Train my day! Children's programming podcast by eye. All day!